0: Hi, I'm Perrine Fark and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy.
1: Welcome to A Productive Conversation. This time around, I'm joined by Perine Fark. She is an author, entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and diversity expert. We dive into diversity hardcore in this conversation. And she empowers leaders to leverage diversity as their competitive advantage. That's why we dive into it hardcore in this conversation. She's been nominated as one of the top 50 most influential UK tech women, and she continues to be recognized for her contributions. She drove the strategy at companies such as Facebook and is on a mission to make the workplace more inclusive and diverse. Let's just get to this conversation. It's a great one. Here's my conversation with Kareen Park here on A Productive Conversation with yours truly, Mike Barty. Enjoy. Kareen. thanks so much for taking the time to join me today and having a, a productive conversation. Um, right now where you are, it's later in the day so this is like the post if we're gonna if we were having this conversation live i'm having my coffee you'd be getting ready to have a glass of wine maybe or, <laughs> or a actually coffee. i'm having
0: my coffee i'm having my four thirty p.m afternoon coffee so it's perfect timing for me
1: perfect um i want to talk to you today about your book inclusion the ultimate secret for organization's success um some of the, as I went through the book, some of the, the, uh, the blurbs you've actually, uh, Carl Honore, who's been on the program before he's, he's fellow fellow Canadian. And, uh, so, I mean, as I started to go through the book and after watching your TEDx talk, which we will link to in the show notes, it had me thinking, cause I've never spoken to a person who focuses exclusively on inclusion. And I wanted to know right out of the gate, what really got you interested in going down this path?
0: Yeah, great question. First of all, I love Carl. He's actually in Canada right now in Edmonton, as we speak, visiting his family. He hasn't seen them in two years. So it's just wow. just a side note. <laughs> well, I'll have to
1: text him. I'll have to text him because we're actually only an hour away from each other in time zone wise. We're about 12 hours away in terms of driving, but only an hour time difference. So I'll have to text him. But Carl's a great guy. Make sure
0: you do. He's Absolutely. a great guy. But what a great question. What got me started talking about inclusion is actually a very personal story, which I think is often the case, very personal or slash professional story. Basically, I was working in corporate for many, many years, about a decade. I was working in corporate, in technology organizations, and um, I always worked for, you know, I had different teams. Some teams were a bit less inclusive than others and and in particular one of the last organizations i was working with the environment in my team was not great let's just put it that way um, you know it, i just didn't feel very supported by my manager in particular um some of the team was very sort of uh, not a great environment didn't feel safe to speak up i uh, was never felt really included in any way and i think one day i remember we were flying so i'm based in london the company's headquartered in the u.s san francisco Every year, we would all fly to California to do this big annual meetup, company kickoff, super exciting. Everybody was flying from all over the world, super excited to be there. And as I was, I remember vividly, I was in my hotel room, sort of looking at the agenda, where am I supposed to go next? It's very busy. I found out by accident that one of my colleagues was invited to a women in leadership lunch with our CEO, who's also a woman. And I, I just felt for me, it was the moment It was the moment, it was a small moment, but for me, it was the moment I realized, actually, I just, I've never been included in that. Why why have I not been invited to that women in leadership lunch? And I just, for me, it was kind of an aha moment where I felt surely there is a better way to work together. There's a better way to create teams that are more inclusive, more uh, people who feel valued and respected. And so that's, Really, that was the starting point that led me where I am today to talk about inclusion to help organizations create more inclusive environments. So that's the story behind behind the book.
1: So when when I watched your te- TED talk and I know you go over this in the book, there's like three different. There's like an acronym. I'm a huge fan of acronyms. Love that because it makes it easier to remember, um, and it it allows people to kind of gravitate towards it. And when you're you, when you're working with an organization, acronyms are actually quite important because um, number one, it gives them like a quick trigger and a waypoint to follow. But number two, there is this aura of like thought and professionalism around an acronym. Yes, it can be quite cliche, but it means that there's been a lot of thought, a lot of a lot of process put into it. So can we touch on this acronym? Because I think that um, when people have a sense of how to – go from okay i know we should be more inclusion you know, inclusion oriented exclusion is not good and we're and especially now that we're working a lot more remotely and dealing with all of that stuff how and how can we talk about those the, that acronym because it does lead you down that path uh towards having a more inclusive uh, environment and a more inclusive organization
0: yeah of course i'm a big fan of acronyms i also think it helps people remember so Remind me, Mike, because I'm using different acronyms. I'm actually using a couple of different acronyms for my talks. So there are a couple that come to mind. Remind me which one you're referring to. This
1: one this one in particular has a lot to do with task management and productivity because you're taking action. So it's an act of sorts, right? So there we go, the ACT acronym.
0: Yes, no, absolutely. Um, So, you know, the ACT acronym is one of my favorite. You're right, because it's easy to remember. Um, And so... Absolutely. So the A is all about acknowledging, um, you know, articulating your, whys, your why and set goals. I always, I always go back to start with your why, you know, articulate why you believe in diversity and inclusion. You personally, as a, as a person, as a human being, why do you think it's important to have a team that's inclusive? What does that mean to you? What does it even mean to you? What's your definition? Also, why do you think you should even care about having an inclusive team? So articulating your why and, and set goals to the, what, is, what does an inclusive team look like? What are, you know, key performance indicators you might look at? Because that's really, really important. Um, I also talk about the the T, the which is take real action. Uh, you talk about that, you know, for productivity. It's important to think. I always talk about think of yourself as an upstander. Um, so, you know, if you start thinking of yourself as an advocate, an upstander, That's going to help you take real action, because sometimes you might face a situation where you might see misconduct, for example, or inappropriate behavior, and you always have a choice. You could always pretend it didn't happen, you know, be um, almost a bystander, or you can think of yourself as an advocate and take real action. Um, And so, yeah, this is the acronym I use in my TED Talk to to remember. Um, There's also another acronym I like to talk about uh, on a side note. Sure. I haven't talked about, uh, it's all related, I haven't talked about imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. I think it's related, especially in the sense of diversity and in inclusion of women. So lot of, you know, how can we make women more included in organizations, especially at the leadership level, which is something I experienced a lot. And I know a lot of women in corporate e- experience that imposter syndrome much more than men. But having said that, men also um, sometimes experience imposter syndrome, but especially women. And I think that's reinforced by the fact that they don't often see people who look like them at the leadership level. And that's the same for other underrepresented groups like people of color, disabled individuals, LGBT plus. So for when I talk about the imposter syndrome, I use the she acronym, which again, super easy to remember. Mm-hmm. So the S is for speak about it, speak about the imposter syndrome. The more you talk about it, the more you demystify, the, the, you know, this concept, and you understand this is actually very common. A lot of people experience it. You make it more approachable. And the H is for handle your, handle your fear of failure. So handle your fear of, of failing. Um, I think, you know, I think it was um, Edison who said, I, I didn't fail at inventing, uh, the, you know, it took 1,000 um, trials for uh, Edison to invent, the you know, the, the, light bulb, the light bulb, and he famously said, I didn't fail. I only find 1,000 ways that it didn't work. <laughs> right. So you need to handle your fear of failure. And the E is for embrace new opportunities. The more you take risk, and we talk about take real action, take risk, embrace new opportunities, the more you're going to, you know, find that, that, that's imposter syndrome. So in a nutshell, uh, another great acronym I like to talk about is that she, uh, to tackle the imposter syndrome, speak about it, handle your fear of failure and embrace new opportunities.
1: When it comes to putting together uh, an organization that is more inclusive, and I'm going to go down this, this path a little bit. It's not how necessarily I feel because we have, Uh, Pretty inclusive, remote environment here, although I do have somebody with me that works in, you know, in my city and took me a long time to get that to happen. So I'm really glad I was able to. And we've actually been very conscientious about pronouns and stuff, but not not overtly. So and this is the first time I'm kind of talking about this. But when we send emails off, we we rarely use he, him. Uh, her, she, we are very much them. We use their proper names, but we don't make a, make a fuss about it. Right. We're, we're just trying to do it in a way that it, you wouldn't know unless you knew. Right. Which I yeah. think is one of the ways that you can do it without what to show people how it can happen without you making like these grand gestures. Right. So when it comes to building an inclusive environment, that's like, I'll use that as a small example, but um, some people would say, you know, oh man, that's going to take a lot of time to put together. We're so well entrenched in this and we have to rip things apart and putting the infrastructure together. But in your book, like it doesn't, putting that kind of infrastructure in place is not, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's it can be challenging but it's not impossible can we go can you give me some examples or maybe some ideas of how you could break through somebody's bias or their belief around like this seems like it's going to be a lot of work that that uh to to untangle what we've built um give them some kind of outcome right away like look if you just do this one thing you're already headed down the right path
0: oh absolutely and you know you're right because um, creating a culture that's inclusive. Creating a team where people feel seen, valued, respected. Respect. It doesn't need to doesn't need to be a 12-month program, and doesn't need to be extremely complicated and have tons of budget and investment. It can be you with your team at your level as an indiv- individual contributor making a difference. So there are small things you can do every day. I mean, first of all, uh, be a student. You know, be a constant student st- studying. By that, I mean listen to podcasts from people that that are a different gender, a different, uh, maybe a different ethnic background, a different age, a different ability or not disability or different sexual orientation. You know, listening to podcasts by people who are different from you is going to open up your mind. You're going to learn some of their challenges that you were not aware of. You can also read books about these topics. You can follow social media accounts to educate yourself. So something super simple, free that takes literally five minutes a day or ten minutes on your commute or wherever on your run. That anybody can do that. Then you wanna kind of lead by example. So you talked about inclusive language. That's a great way. You know, start by being more aware of the words you use every day. Um, and actually have a talk about inclusive language. Um, and it's small things, but okay, the big things, for example, nowadays a lot of people say, hey guys, when I want to start a meeting with women and men in the room now, I know that it's very accepted nowadays to say guys to group of mixed individuals including women we know that guys actually refers to from an etym- you know et- etymology perspective to to get to, to men so it's more inclusive to say hi everyone for example it's a small example but for example instead of saying you know black lists, you can replace by block list, for example
1: mm-hmm. or instead
0: of using white lists you can just say this why should it be white right so small things um Uh, Inclusive language is important. It's a key one. So you can do those small things every day. Being aware of the dynamics in meetings, in team meetings, being aware of who speaks. If you have a meeting of three, four, five people, maybe every week, observe your team dynamic. Uh, Notice who is being silent and ask them to speak. You can uh, appoint a moderator. You can be the meeting moderator, uh, and you can also do a, almost do a round robin uh, scenario where you ask everybody uh, across the table. Everybody has the same same speaking time. Uh, that's one thing that's very simple. Anybody, literally anybody, can do that. Share an agenda before your meeting if you can. I know we're all busy, but some people are more introverts and they need a bit more time to think about answers. So you give them more ch- of a chance to think about what they're gonna say. Uh, When you ask people to take notes in the meeting, make sure you're not asking, for example, the only woman in the room, can you take notes or can you schedule the next meeting? Maybe you can do a round robin again. Right. So those are all small things. And leading by example. So if you see misconduct, for example, something that's not really appropriate, the way someone talks to someone, just acknowledge it and, you know, take action, and speak to the person. So those are all small things, very practical examples that you can do every day to be more of an inclusive leader at work.
1: Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design... Managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try one password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com/productiveconvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with one password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com/conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. a so Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. And, and as, as you were talking about this, you mentioned the introvert extrovert factor, too, because it's not just about inclusion isn't just about, you know, men, women, different, different, uh, you know, different races, all that stuff. It also has to do with the way certain people are wired, right? Like, yeah. I've talked about this before with the early risers versus the night owls. You and yeah. I are talking right now. It's 830 in the morning. Normally, I'm just getting go like I am. I am a night owl. So I'm like yeah. the guy that takes. So when when remote work started especially during covid-19 uh people were you know like ha- you were able to actually leverage some of those strengths because you could say we yeah. don't care when you work it's just about the results and yeah. so what they'd be able to do is tap into the the morning people are like getting that heavy lifting stuff done earlier yeah. in the day but if you know that you've got some people that are better later in the day kind of yeah. give them give them the grace to be able to do yeah. that stuff later morning meetings are not always the best meetings yes. because because you're you're n- number 1 you're you're harming the best productive time right. for those early risers but you're also not going to get the any anything out of the late risers who yeah. are like uh so it, it, i think uh, can we can we go into that a little bit like yeah. again you touched on it and and i think that when people think about inclusion they tend to think about those hot button issues such as you mm-hmm. know gender and, and yeah. race, but there are other nuances there that people probably just don't think about, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I love your example because I can totally relate to that. By the way, I'm a, I'm, I'm the morning person, so mm. I'm the person who starts super early and at night, I will, I'm in bed early. Hence, <laughs> hence
1: the 4.30 <laughs> coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just to That's keep it, Exactly, going. <laughs> exactly. But you're right because, you know, first of all, the definition of diversity has evolved over time. So 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was all about women in the workplace. Then it's evolved to, actually, we want more people of color everywhere. And now, nowadays, thankfully, it's evolved to, let's talk about disabled individuals, let's talk about mental health, um, people with mental health issues. Let's talk about um, LGBT, sexual orientation, gender. So that's evolved. And then even to introverts, extroverts. So why, why is this happening? Well, actually, organizations are t- starting to realize that to get the most of your people, you need to make them feel comfortable enough so they can... Um, as much as possible, be themselves as much as possible feel comfortable and bring their best selves, right What is worse than feeling that you kind of have to cover all the time uh, for example, let's say you are the only uh like night all in your team everybody's an is an early bird right and it, let's imagine you don't feel safe enough to say, sorry, can we move the meeting because you just feel there is no trust there is no psychological safety and that just that's a small thing, but to you it's huge right and mm-hmm. I think that's why the definition, let's acknowledge that the definition, definition has evolved. Why? Because we want our employees to feel safe, psychological safe, to bring the, their best selves to work. And so one concept I talk a lot about is, you, you're going to hear me talk a lot about this. I talk about psychological safety. By that, I mean, you know, creating that basic layer of trust with your team, because your team, you want them to feel that they trust you enough, they can come up to you and, and say, look. I uh, I'm an introvert. I really struggle speaking up in meetings. Uh, but actually, I've got lots of brilliant ideas. I just struggle to share my ideas in meetings. Uh, what can we do to make this happen? And you'd be surprised what would come out of this. Or someone might say, um, I, I'm the only woman in the team. I feel a little bit intimidated by the other men in the group. Is there a way we can maybe change the 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 build up of the team? We can we bring people from other departments. Uh, and you would be surprised how these kind of conversations will open up to new ideas, creative thinking, innovation, productivity, and so on. And but the, on the other side, right? If we don't create an environment of trust where people feel psychologically safe, psychologically safe to be themselves and to talk about real problems, people are gonna shut up, and it's gonna get worse. Um, so instead of having the real conflicts and the real conversations we're going to have silence and just whoever is the most senior in the group will probably make the decisions. Mm. And then over time, that, so that's going to build up, that sort of uh, toxic environment is going to build up. That's going to lead to employee turnover, low employee morale, uh, lack of productivity. So I think I always go back to psychological safety is the foundation of inclusion and trust and all the good things, innovation, productivity, employee engagement, high morale, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, well, and 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 it's this idea of businesses and organizations because the larger they are, the more they tend to focus on quantitative results and not qualitative Mm -hmm. results, right? Like because they can count that they go, oh look, here's the bottom line, but they don't they don't use because it's so massive, they don't incorporate second order thinking. Like, well, if we don't involve some inclusionary aspects to our team, why is productivity down? Well, because you're not you're you're not you're not providing a safe environment for people to work in so sure you're cranking so in what happens is they think quantitatively like oh we have to work more hours or we have to hire more people or we have to we have to cut back hours because our payroll is too high instead of saying okay well how do we leverage this and you know you bring up psychological stuff and i think that i touched on biases early on right and you talk about in the book the idea of Unconscious bias, and you know, the some of the ways that you can put some unconscious bias training and biases. Most people don't be, and and it makes sense because they don't recognize it because they're a bias. (laughs) So, and we're all human, and humans fall prey to them. So, can we talk a bit about the role that unconscious bias plays in this and how training can help? Because the this kind of thing doesn't get talked about enough.
0: Yeah. And by the way, I came across a recent research on that, which was so interesting. It said that the more educated people are, the more educated they are, the less they think they have biases. Yeah. (laughs) Which is quite interesting, right? It's like the more they went to the high school, university, the more they think, I don't have any bias. I'm so educated. So first of all, let's acknowledge that we're all human beings. We all have bias. We all naturally gravitate towards people who look like us. It's comfortable. It's easy. It's convenient. People who speak the same language as us, the same gender, the same age, it's just normal human behavior. Mm-hmm. That, what that creates is that then when it comes to hiring someone, promoting someone, firing someone,
1: mm-hmm. we're
0: more obviously likely to hire someone who looks like us or went to the same school, maybe. Right. Or to promote someone who maybe is the same gender or the same age or we get along with. Even though we might not realize at the conscious level, but sub, you at know, the subconscious level that happens a lot. So how do we, obviously, we know that's not great because, first of all, there's the idea that it's not fair. And second, the more your team are homogenous, the less you have innovation, creative thinking. So we don't want that. So how do we go about that? It, the answer is it's 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 complicated. But um, the first, I mean, the thing about bias is that the more you talk about it, the more you uh, raise awareness, mm-hmm. the better it gets. So it's almost like, think of it like... Um, having a shower, you wouldn't have a shower one day and not shower for the rest of the week or the month, right? You will shower every day or brushing your teeth or eating. You wouldn't say, I brushed my teeth yesterday. I'm not going to brush my teeth for a week. So it's one of those things you need to repeat over and over and over. I'm not saying every day, but surely having some reminders about, oh, those are the most common unconscious bias in hiring. Those are the most common unconscious bias in promoting. Or that's an example of a recent example of bias that happened in the workplace in the US, for example. So the more you share information, maybe you'll have a Slack channel to, you know, unconscious bias, maybe you'll have a monthly uh, speaker coming to your company to talk about uh, microaggressions, maybe you will have a all-hands meeting to talk about uh, the most common biases in hiring, etc. So the idea is to repeat that. But of course, it needs to be part of like a program you can't just do that and expect things to happen so i always go back to you know go back to the why as an organization why do you want to fight unconscious bias is it because you think it's gonna make your team more innovative is it because you think your people are going to be more engaged at work and stay or do you think that's going to help you connect better with your customers who are from diverse backgrounds whichever the reason make sure you understand why you're doing this and then and then, like I said, repeat it and repeat and repeat it. And um, the more, more, the better. That's th- those are kind of the basics I talk about when I talk about unconscious bias.
1: So, in the at the tail end of the book, you have a uh, three appendices, and uh, you, there's questionnaires and assessments. Um, is that one of the best places to start in this book? Because normally people start at the beginning. And some of the um, what I like about the book is that it It isn't necessarily a book that you need to go through you know in order um yeah. i've I've had conversations with people before where the book is very much prescriptive. But there's a lot where they t- it turns into, and I believe this is what you've done with this book into more of a reference yeah. book, where it's like exactly. you need to pick it up and go. Oh, I'm recognizing mm-hmm. this. I need to do this. So first off, let's touch on those append the, the three appendices, and then let's get into um, you know the way that if someone was to pick up this book today, how yeah. how they might want to approach it.
0: So it's a great question, and you're right. The way I created this book is I want anyone who who works in an organization um, to be able to create a more inclusive team, whether they are the new student or the intern <laughs> or an individual contributor or even the manager or the CEO, anyone can read this book and create a more inclusive team. Anyone, and so it's very it's super practical. Um, like like you said, like every chapter has almost a specific topic. You can uh, you can read it from the beginning to the end if you wish to, but you can also pick a chapter. Uh, actually, that's why I've created, the, obviously, at, at the start, you, there is an emphasis on sort of the structure of the book. You can mm-hmm. sort of pick and choose which topics are more relevant to you. There is one on women in the workplace, one on black colleagues in the workplace, uh, unconscious bias in the workplace. So pick one that you think is super interesting to you, but essentially you can read it in whichever order you feel. Um, and then the appendix are, again, super practical. Those are actually tools I use in my workshops with my clients. So, for example, uh, the engagement survey questionnaire, it's uh, super easy to, to use to get a sense of are your employees, do they feel engaged and included, or do they feel completely excluded from the conversation? That's going to be super helpful. And by the way, you can use something like SurveyMonkey to send it. You don't have to have any fancy HR software. Um, and then I use another kind of um, questionnaire around, it's, it's called the uh, diversity and inclusion assessment. So um it's it's a benchmark it's more for I guess HR professionals or team leaders to get you know a benchmark of how inclusive and diverse their team is so it's a little bit more in depth and usually I take the results and I I I um look at other similar companies results to give them a benchmark on where where they are in terms of their maturity model um and then there is a self assessment questionnaire again super easy it's for anyone to understand where they are in terms of their awareness around inclusion so yeah super practical tools that i want to say anyone can use you don't have to be a team leader you don't have to be a senior you can be the new intern the new student and you want to understand how you can make an impact that's the book to go to in terms of being very practical
1: so farina as we wrap up I think one, uh, one thing, I mean, I'm going to ask you, and I ask this generally to everybody is like, what's one action that someone can take to start to make progress in what we're talking about. So inclusion, I'm going to jump the gun here and say, one of the things is just having what we're doing right now, a conversation, like starting there, but there's gotta be other things that people can do. Yes. Picking up the book, which, which you definitely should do again, it's called inclusion, the ultimate secret for an organization's success. Um, but. In terms of if someone wants to get started today, they the, the person listening right now says, you know what, I, we need to do this for my team, for the the organization I work for. What's one simple step that they can take starting right now, as soon as they stop listening, to move forward?
0: Yeah, I mean, right now, I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, in, the, in the idea of being a constant learner, subscribe to a podcast about diversity and inclusion. Subscribe to a podcast about women in the workplace, if you're a man, for example. Or uh, why don't you start following uh, an Instagram account around um, uh, disabled, people's, uh, uh, disabled people at work, right? So something like that, follow a social media account that's all about um, inclusion, diversity in the workplace. Subscribe to a podcast about that or buy a book, any book, around inclusion, equity, diversity. Those are like actions people can do right now uh, to be a constant learner. And by the way, once you finish the book, Get another one and another one. And once you finish the podcast episode, you know, subscribe to another one. It's just never ending because if you stop learning, you are going to sort of forget. But also there are new trends and new ideas that come up all the time. So make sure you are a constant learner. It doesn't need to be expensive, by the way. A lot of podcasts are free. Following social media accounts are free, right? There are a lot of things you can do for free.
1: Breen, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. Where can people pick up the book and where can they keep up with the work that you're doing?
0: Yeah, the best way is my website because I try to keep it up to date. Uh, it's my first name and last name.com. So it's Um As soon as you get there, I think it's on the homepage. There's a link to my book um, so you can get my book there. And also you can subscribe to my newsletter if you want to get some tips on inclusion and diversity.
1: Thanks so much, Preen, for taking time to have a productive conversation with me today.
0: Thank you, Mike. It was such a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
1: Thanks to Perrine for joining me on the program today. If you want to find out all that we talked about and access links quickly, easily, simply go to productivityist.com slash podcast 406 and you can make that happen. If you want to support the show, you want to make that happen, visit our sponsors page. All the sponsors that you heard today on this program are listed there. Just go to productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors and check out what they have to offer. If you want to make sure that you don't miss anything that we have to offer on this podcast in the future, but also want to see what we had to offer in the past, subscribe to the show, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you are listening to this program, hit the subscribe button. That way you can listen to the 405 plus episodes that over 6 million people have downloaded to this point quickly, simply, easily. There's tons of great guests, Seth Godin, David Allen, Chris Bailey, Cal Newport, you name it. They've been on this program. And when you do, you'll also guarantee that you won't miss a single episode of what's to come each and every week. Now, next week, we are introducing a brand new series to this program. Every month we are going to do an episode from the vault. And this episode is from the vault. It's Rob Walker. I can't wait to bring it to you. We've recorded a whole new intro, a whole new outro. I'm excited to deliver this episode to you next week from the vault. So episode 407 will be delivered to you again as a subscriber really quickly. Just hit the subscribe button now, all right? doesn't cost you anything. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. I'll see you later.